podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Championship Show. Show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, your home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So uh, give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel and you'll get uh, all the latest news on upcoming uh, shows and guests. You can also follow Just The Football Show at AC Footy Show on all the uh, various social media platforms. And uh, if you just want the audio versions of the various shows, you can get them at your favourite podcast and radio platform. Uh, Just as we sort of wait, uh, let the platforms fill up, as it were, and the live chat fill up a bit. A big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as ever for their support. They're a, a global sports agency which represents sports stars from all around the world. You can uh, visit their social media pages for more information or indeed check out their website, which is beautiful, as I say regularly. It is so nice. And um, the links to all of that is in the description below, as well as the the closing credits at the end of the show. Um, As ever, our sponsor for today's show is uh, Bespoke Financial and Darren Ralston. Big thank you to them. Um, Just before we do go to the the little ad for them and have a word from them... um, Dan Ralston of Bespoke Financial is giving away a free will worth £140 with any new policy that's taken out. So uh, check him out and uh, give them a call. You can get their contact details off myself or Andy. And uh, I think it's at the end of the, in the closing description as well. Don't miss out because it is a, it's an amazing offer. Um, you know, in this current, the COVID era, as it were, um, insurance policies are more important than ever and um, he's looked after Andy for various uh, various policies over the years including the critical illness and the injury cover um, they really are top of their field and uh, they provide award-winning service uh, we wouldn't link up with anyone who we wouldn't use ourselves and uh, we're very proud to to partner up with them um, so, and do you want to play the, the, the ad now or play it a little bit later? What do you reckon? Um, no, let's get straight into some football side. I want to talk about the video at the start. 
some iconic moments, some iconic goals. And, and do you know what? I, I watch it every time and sometimes you don't appreciate the, how good and how um, relevant football is. You know, I think until you see the supporters not being here and you and it guests you a little bit, you know, that, that Charlie Adams' free kick against Cardiff, iconic moments. Um, the goals in the playoff finals, iconic moments, you know, just some unbelievable... Pete Whitney's goal, do you know, it just listen... That penalty in the, when they, uh, they missed the penalty and then go up the other end and score, yeah. yeah. Head, you know, unbelievable. The, the, the winning goal in playoffs, you know, I mean, these, these iconic moments have all happened in one division, you know, the, the, the championship has been the gift which keeps on giving, you know, we're not a... Uh, we're not obviously big fans of the Premier League for various reasons, mm-hmm. but the Championship keeps it so relevant, and it's a reason why majority of football fans want the teams to stay in this league because it's it's real, it's real, and it's 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 a famous Proper league. Football, and, mate. and if it was if it wasn't for the finances of the Premier League, I think people would prefer to stay in it. Yeah, that's what it is, mate. It's uh, it is just it's Championship is everything which people like about football. At the end of the day, by the way, this. Is uh, ex Middlesbrough and Cardiff City striker David Jones' favourite son, Mr. Andy Campbell? Welcome. <laughs> and uh, just uh, it's a Friday free for all tonight because there was no championship, so yeah. we are just gonna we're gonna shoot about a bit. We're gonna answer uh, as many questions as the people give us. We're gonna talk a bit of Nations League. We're gonna talk. We'll preview the championship games. Have a few rants. The oh, there's a couple of them coming, and um, we'll talk a bit of everything really. Um, I'm looking forward but, to it. Different side, isn't it? It's different, and yeah, I like these it's, because it's it's. Uh, listen, this show, this show would be nothing without the people who watch it, and the interaction we have with people is amazing. We had an, uh, an absolutely phenomenal show on Monday with Leo. Um, we just we just announced a show on Monday with Darren Williams, which will be absolutely superb. He's got a great story to tell. He had an amazing career both internationally and domestically, and um, yeah, really excited. You know what I mean? There's there's good things around the corner with some amazing guests coming on as well. So. Uh, all I can say is watch this space because it's bigger and better and it's just growing all the time. I can't uh, I can't thank people enough. Really. Spot on, mate. Um, and it's going to be really interesting, actually, with Darren because uh, Sunday we've got the Mental Health and Sports Show and Darren's the guest on that. Uh, so he talks a bit about uh, some of the issues that he's had. He, we talk a lot about academy football because that's something that he's involved in and, and the, the help or lack of help that some young footballers are getting these days. And uh, it's a really fascinating show, so it's going to be interesting to to put that out Sunday. And then, obviously, he's going to be on the live show Monday. We're going to talk a lot about his career and about football generally. But then also, we're going to maybe people will ask questions about the, the show from the night before. So it's going to be like on and off the field within... I hope so. 24 so. hours so it'd be nice so. I want, I'd, I'd like people to link the two link mm. um, the football to the mental health or the mental health to the football because um, there is mental health within the football and it's because of I won't, I won't blame mental health on football but it, it plays a major part and you know what I mean Daz doesn't know any different he's played football since he was well I know since he, certainly since he left school um, and till, till the day he retired you know so it's, uh, it's played a huge part in his life and and so is mental health. So you know, what I mean? I'd, I'll be interested to, uh, to to listen to some of the some of the reactions, some some of the answers. Yeah, it'd be fascinating, mate. Like, <clears throat> well, straight away. Like I was just saying to you off air when we had David Cottrell on the Monday show uh, on the fo- Andy Campbell Football Show, seven thirty Mondays. Um, he said when he had his big move to, uh, I think it was Birmingham. Uh, he got a big move on deadline day. He had a wife and a young baby. He was in a new city. And basically, the agent and the club kind of just dumped him in this new city in like a hotel. He had no house, nowhere to live, didn't know anyone, nothing. He was just basically abandoned. Like, um, and he and at, at the time he was what at the very most early twenties. Um, and I just think 
football as a whole has got to do a better job of looking after all footballers, but young footballers particularly. Like these guys are the future of the football, which, you know, if you haven't got players, you haven't got a game to watch. Mm. Just like it's not the same without the fans. So if you don't look after these young players, particularly in a in a situation like we've got at the moment where they're literally stuck at home constantly, gun training, coming home constantly, they're going to pick up mental health problems. They're going to pick up, dare I say it, gambling addictions because that's the easiest thing for them to do at home. Mm. They get paid a lot of money. Mm. So let's do what we can to look after them and help them just like we would any other human being. Do you know mm. what I mean? So the problem for me is I, I would love to listen to the organisations, so the EFL, the PFA, the FA, the Premier League, for, the, for them to come out and, and tell me whose responsibility it is to look after these players. They're on about that, that when the players aren't players anymore, the aftercare, for example, that it's someone else's responsibility. Right, OK. But when, when they are a professional footballer, whose job is it then? They say it's the club's, the club's responsibility. Someone's got to take responsibility because, like you yeah. just said, they're on about a professional footballer. He was just being plonked in a city, doesn't know anybody, doesn't know his way around. He, he might not be able to drive, so that's caused a problem straight away. If he can drive, he doesn't know where he's going. And um, We're talking about probably 10 years ago here, you know what I mean? Mm. So, yes, that navs and all that were there, but they're not as relevant as they are now. They're not as, they're not as good and strong as they are now, so it's getting from A to B. It's, it's a struggle and being late and um, it, it can cause its own problems, you know, and it can cause depression, it can cause loneliness. Been in a hotel, I've been there myself on a first time for Cardiff. It's um, people think it's a luxury lifestyle, you know. what I mean, I went from um, leaving for training ground at nine o'clock in the morning, living in a hotel, to going to training, staying there as long as I could because I knew I was going back to my four walls. Yes, I could go mm. downstairs and sit in the lobby, but I used to sit in the restaurant and sit on my own, I had dinner on my own. And when you look around and you see families having dinner in fours, threes, fives, and you're sitting on your yeah. own, it looks, it's a little bit embarrassing, you know. So sometimes you just sit in your room after your dinner and you don't leave them four walls, and it can be quite a lonely place. Yeah, and the other side of it, with the particularly with the young players, is they're going from living at home, getting paid a good amount of money, to suddenly getting a lot of money, being in a new place, new country, new city. They've never paid bills before, they've never bought a house before, they've never even done any of that stuff. They don't know how to do it. If they haven't got a family to help them out with that basic stuff and their agents are not interested in helping them out with that sort of stuff because they've got them the big move, that's their job. It can be very, very difficult and very daunting for a kid of 19 mm. who's got a boatload of money but doesn't know how to do basic stuff. Mm. It's, there's all sorts of angles to it. Um, we've just had a cracking question to start us off, mate, from uh, from Leslie Coates. Yeah, he says, uh, what, what do you think of Jeff Hurst's comments not to head a ball up to age 11 as the brain's not fully developed? Listen, I've, I've, I've listened to um, a whole host of ex-footballers, um, older, some who's only just retired, about, about ages of, of when they should be doing it and not heading the ball in training. Um and just just doing it in the game situation, not not doing it as uh, as kids. They've got to make this decision, and for me, you can't not do it in training. side. it's one of those things no. where I, I hear I hear managers and players all the time. You train as you play. You know what I mean. So if you had the ball, in, I look at Harry Maguire for example. I watched the England game over the week, and Harry Maguire had the ball more than anybody. His desire to win the header was was phenomenal. Um, if he can't practice that in training, he's not going to do the same thing in the game. He's going to make mistakes. His timing's going to be off. His direction's going to be off. His accuracy's going to be off. So you've got to give these players an opportunity to practice the way that they play. I'm not on about throwing a thousand balls to them in training and doing it repetitively. But 
if he's playing five aside or he's in a game situation and the ball goes out to win, to win he's got to win it, you know. And um, I can only I can only speak from my own personal experience side that I used to hate heading the ball. I used mm. to be scared of it. I, I, I used to hate it. If I headed the ball in the wrong place, I'd get a headache. So you know what I mean. Everyone coaches head it on your forehead, place to head it. But as a centre forward, it's very rare that you get the ball on the forehead because if you're flicking the ball on, it's every part of your head. It's on, on the on the top of your head, which really hurts and. So it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to talk about, and and a diff- difficult thing to, to for me to put your put your finger on. Um, I think they've got to do something, you know what I mean? Because it's 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 not a nice thing to for, for families to have to go through in later life, and and kids to grow up without parents, and and to lose loved ones because of it. And and if it's football's played an impact, then then I'm all for it. But I think it's a grey area, as in to ban it from training as well. Um, so I think there's couple of angles to it really in terms of one uh we know very little about concussions and dementia and things like this and unfortunately the the best way to learn about these sorts of things is after death where they can examine the brain and see the damage which has occurred etc etc so that's obviously a big problem in terms of getting to the bottom of it and investigations and things like that um in terms of the 11, up to 11, maybe not heading the ball, I can see the logic to it. I think ultimately um, it's not realistic. And should I tell you why it's not realistic? And I, and I would use a, a real world example. Um, so my youngest boy, he is uh, under 13s, under 12s, under 12s. Uh, so he's in year seven. Um, his grassroots team started playing football. They had their first match, I think, last week or the week before. So last Saturday was their second match back under the COVID restrictions, all very strict. The the Welsh FA have been really slow because they wanted to get it right. Uh, so my boys, none of my kids are playing at the moment because of my health. So they haven't gone back. Uh, second game back, the team they played brought uh, too many players because they didn't want to tell, you know, they didn't want to pick a squad under the you know the numbers that they're supposed to have um and they did what else did they do they did something else as well basically broke the rules straight away because that's what they wanted to do because you get these coaches who fancy themselves as a bit um you know they're the next alex ferguson or uh jose Mourinho while they're you know managing their grassroots team so to me if they're going to break the rules about covid restrictions on players in terms of just bringing the right amount of players and sticking to hand sanitizer and washing the balls and stuff like this, if you tell them that you don't want players up to a certain age not heading the ball at grassroots level, I'm talking not like academy level or football, just at grassroots level, I just don't think they'll do it. They won't do it because they think they know best. I also think so as well. It's... It's set, set in the present as well, isn't it? Because when you get to 11-year-old, then when you turn to under 11s, under 12s, whatever that age group is that you're allowed to do it, do you then start throwing balls at people to head the ball? So you're overdoing it, you're overpracticing yeah. it because kids don't know how to do it. They've never done it yes. before. You know, so then you're going to have you're going to have more problems, for example. So there's got to be that fine margin, you know what I mean, of, of, of maybe not do it in training. Um, um, but then if it happens in a game, it happens in a game. Because if you're, let's say, you're a 10-year-old boy and you want to be the next Ryan Giggs and you run down the line and cross the ball in, but no one's allowed to hit the ball in the net, then 
Yeah, it's problematic. Listen, I, I wish all these kind of illnesses would go away and, and there was a and there was a way of, of, of curing everything. But I just think I just think asking people it's like tackling the rugby. You know what I mean? That you you get to a level where you've got to tackle. You know what I mean? But even kids at the younger age still know how to tackle because they've been shown how to do it. Yes, they play tag rugby, but they still know how to tackle because they've done it. And it's just a Rob makes a good comment. You know what I mean? I, listen, in school, so you, couple what of comments you, do, you got kids, Rob there. Kids, kids want to do headers. Kids want to head the ball. Kids love heading the ball. My little girl, she she loves heading the ball. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, mine does when too. We play football, it's just one of those things. And where do we, where do we go if a, if a, if somebody gets kicked in the face with the ball as well? It's a it's a difficult one. You know, it's, it is uh, a difficult one. Leslie makes a good point. Obviously, in Jeff Hurst's day, the, there's a massive massive difference in the the weight of the balls. And I dare say, even from your day, mate, in your peak when you were in the peak of your career i would thought if you held the two balls up from now and then there's probably a big difference in weight even oh, from the old, that the old mitre balls were a lot heavier than the than the nike than the nike ones now or the, the you know the top draw ones you know the, the mitre multiplex what they use they're like the Premier League, the and they were, air they were, flyaway ones aren't they, they? Were, yeah they were, they were really heavy and the ones now were you know i mean they're hardly made of anything it's like boots boots back in the back in the day when i started were heavier than they are now you know what i mean there's it does there's ways and means of making things a little bit better a little bit easier and i just think um but listen, the bigger picture for me is 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 I hope they can find a way of of treating these things. So I don't know is that is that regular tests? Is that, is that brain scans for players as well as heart scans? Is that is yeah? That, is that, maybe is that, that's a good start, isn't it? Is like Reese makes a good a similar point to what Leslie said about the weight of the balls, but also when it rained, those leather balls which Jeff Hurst would have played with, you know, they doubled in weight. Do you know like what I mean? So it's yeah. um, I, I didn't I didn't head the balls I had, so I wouldn't wouldn't have been anywhere near them. Uh, where's it gone? Sorry, uh, Gerang said, uh, "Can we make reference to Ian Holloway made a, an impassioned speech today about the lock of, lack of support for smaller clubs and uh, Project Big Picture?" I um, watched it. I seen it. I, it oh, was, there you go. You'll know better than me because yeah, I've only it, it seen was, like uh, clips. It was, of li- it. it was live on Sky Sports News, and um, he, he wore his he wore his nice new hat um, <laughs> with his Grim- <laughs> Grimsby Town um, training kit, and he spoke very passionate as 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 Ian does. Um, he hit the nail right in the head. He, he said uh, the project big picture, absolute joke. Uh, I think he called it um, project rubbish picture. I think he called it or something. Uh, but listen, he's bang on. He knows that his football club, for example, will not be able to continue if they don't get some help from somewhere and yeah. and fast. And if it's not his club, it's going to be someone else's club. He said there's going to be 10 or 15 clubs that will fold if they don't get any help soon. There's going to be no supporters going through at least till January. At the, at, the, at the earliest, if not till the end of the season, uh, clubs will not be able to continue. So players are still getting paid, uh, bills are still having, having to get paid. People are still working at clubs. You know what I mean? That's in reception areas. That's in in certain areas. As say club shops when they're allowed when when lockdown's not on, probably in, in two weeks' time. Teams have to get revenue somehow, and at the minute they're just not getting it from anywhere. Well, you know what else as well, mate, is um, and I think what people perhaps got lost on the Wrexham thing. Because it's Ryan Reynolds and uh, the other guy, I forget his name now. But because it's those names, people think, oh, wow, you know, investment. But actually, that their investment has probably saved Wrexham from having any serious problems yeah. over the next 12 months because of COVID. Yeah. Not all clubs are that lucky. 
no. and that's where you've got to be looking to the FA and the Premier League and people to make sure that these football clubs survive because it's all very well the Premier League thriving but if there's no colleagues be- below it people will soon get bored of the Premier League as we've seen Bury, um, Macclesfield Town you know what I mean they're, they're two teams in the Greater Manchester area already that, 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 that we've lost you know what I mean they're having a if I, I gotta say, mate, if I was a United fan or a Man City fan, I'd be absolutely disgusted that Berry Town, uh, but not Berry Town, sorry, that Berry went bust. I'd be absolutely disgusted, mate. I really. Well, would. I'd, I'd, I'd love to know, like, I'd love to know them dig dig the bones out of um, how Gary never really thought about it because he never really came out publicly. You know, the amount of effort in this time that his dad put in as chairman, you know what I mean, his mum put yeah. in as the, as the family put in, um, sister, you know what I mean, helping out, being volunteers, um, all of that for what. You know what I mean? To the health of his dad, who who ended up passing away. You know, mm. it's just it's heartbreaking. You know what I mean? They lost a football club, and, and and people have lost their dad. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that that was a reason, but it's affected yeah. his health. All that, all in, all all the negativity and, and and all the stress, and um, it's such a such a shame. You know, I mean, football clubs should stick together, and, and at the minute, it's not. It's it's, it's one league who, who looks after itself, and and it's not getting filtered down, unfortunately. Yeah. No, and I think like you only if you're just using Cardiff and Swansea as an example. I know they've helped out local clubs before. Between them, they've both helped out Merthyr at, at certain points over time. You've got to you've you've got to try and help out your local area, your local teams. Um, I like to think that a lot of when Cardiff don't play, I know a group of Cardiff fans go and watch like Cardiff Met or the local Welsh League teams, um, <clears throat> and ultimately. If I was a United or a City fan, I would be very upset that Bury, such a historic club, went bust on my watch. But you know, I'm sure they'd have those clubs would have. They'd say, "Oh, COVID's affected us all." But come on, let's be honest. Man City and Man United, out of every club in the world, are the two least likely to have any real issues coming out of COVID. Um, Reese uh, David Evans there's a big shout out to previous guest Andy Legg who got the manager's job at Lanecki for the second time yeah Great pleased news. that he's got back in you know if, if, if um, I know he spoke about wanting to get back into management when the, when the time was right um, obviously it's right uh, good luck to him um, it's, it's, a t- it's going to be a tough job uh, because there's, there's some big sides now in the Welsh uh, Welsh leagues um, especially the Premier League you know what I mean TNS Connors Key um, oh yeah you know what I mean so there's some big sides who've um, we're paying quite a lot of money with a with a good history in the in the past 10 15 years so it's uh, it's it's going to be a tough job but i'm sure leggy's up to it i'm sure with his contacts and his commitment his, his desire uh, and his quality he'll he'll be a success and i hope he is yeah ultimately i i like seeing people staying in the game or getting back in the game and i really really believe that andy leg has got a lot to offer football he's got a great mind he's a great man uh, was yeah. a great player and I think and a very underrated player as well. Um, we touched up on it when he was on the show, but like people forget, like he played, you know, Premier League football. He was a very, very good footballer. He was much more than a, you know, than a workhorse or a, or a long ball, uh, a long throwing, sorry, uh, player. Which I think sometimes people, f- obviously, fondly remember those long throws. But he was better, you know, he was better, much better than that. He was a phenomenal yeah. player. Uh, well, I, said, let, I, said, I said I'm undersigned about people being disrespectful to Leo. You know, and no, I think that's, that, on, that, that can go on about other people, you know, that people just saw Leggy as a, a long throw specialist, you know <coughs> what I mean? He was, he was the fittest player I came across in my football career. Um, you know what I mean? I had a sweet left foot. You know what I mean? He had the lot. You know, listen, if, he, if he'd have had pace, and I mean pure pace, Andy Campbell pace, 
he would have been he would have been he would have had the lot because he had he had he had some attributes that I, I I didn't have and I had one thing that he didn't have so you know he put us together we would have had a had some player. He had a phenomenal first touch mate uh, for for a start. Um, so yeah, guys, we're going to be a bit all over the place tonight. If you've got questions, send them in. We'll answer them. Doesn't have to be championship. We will generally try and keep it sort of championship and f- f- you know f- football league. But we're just having a bit of a free for all uh, this week. And while we're on the the subject of free for all, next Tuesday, seven thirty, this Kev Super Kev Unscripted is back for a second episode. It was a lot of fun last uh, that first episode. Um, so we'll be back to uh, talk about all sorts, films, football and everything in between. And Cardiff are not playing at the same time as when we do the show at this time as well, which is uh, an added bonus. Uh, Garen Cole says, is he right in believing that the Premier League has over £5 billion sitting in the bank? I feel like I should have done that with uh, Austin Powers. £5 billion in the bank. But I, you're muted, mate. <clears throat> All football clubs say have a lot of money. Um, I don't think it's a Premier League's job to filter it all down. I think clubs have to take responsibility for each other. You know what I mean? Clubs have to look after clubs because clubs are expecting their young players, for example, let's say Man City. Where are the Man City's players going to go on loan to get experience? They're going to go to lower league teams. So instead of probably giving them a player, give them a player and a little bit of funds to help out. So that could be putting them in a, di- in a hotel. You know what I mean? So they're paying for everything for him instead of they having a the club having to fork out for players and there could be a link with a certain club and for me that's the, that's the way forward I, I just think the Premier League and the EFL do get a lot of stick for, for the organisations and, and things but I think sometimes when, it, when it's about money um, the Premier League's money gets filtered down to the clubs anyway for where they finish so it's it's clubs sometimes have to give, give something back Yeah they do but ultimately I think the Premier League should not be like sat at the top of the foot uh, of UK football, sitting by and watching as clubs go bust in the lower leagues and saying, "Oh, it's it's not our responsibility." So, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, no, they listen, can't I, be doing I, I that. Understand. I understand. I understand, but I think I think this 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 money as well. Let's say let's let's say a club in the Premier League gets uh, in financial trouble. You know what I mean? They shouldn't do, but we've seen you've seen anything happen. You know, with Leeds United yeah. over over the years and. Another club, so I'm guessing that money has got to be there for for some. And let's say Chelsea owner just decides they've had enough. You know what mm. I mean? That that football club needs rescuing somehow. You know what I mean? And I'm on about a, that'll be bill, that'll be a billion pound overnight fund. Yeah. Basically, what needs handed over to get them through the seasons because it's uh, it's a ginormous hole that somebody Man City owners, Liverpool owners, Man, Man United owners, and it's never ending because one day someone's mm. going to get bored. Someone's going to get bored and put a lot, plow this money in and play championship manager on a in a real, well, life, mate, in a real life game. Can you imagine if the uh, the family which owns Man City said, "Right, we've had enough." Man City would be absolutely oh. screwed overnight. Yeah, Man United, the Glazers, they're in so much debt. Those Glazers say, "Right, no, we're not putting a penny in of our own money ever again." They'd be done. Yeah, sure they were. Chelsea, same. I think at least with Chelsea, I, th- I believe there's less debt than what there is at you know United. Or yeah, the debt think, is ri- just ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think, I think at Chelsea, he he paid the debt off. So you know, what I mean, it, it's just a monthly outgoings, which will be horrific anyway because you've got the hotels, you've got the the grounds, and every, you know, what mm. I mean, you got you've got a highway living in, in in that kind of that kind of place in London. But listen, it, it could happen. I hope it doesn't happen, but. Fingers know. crossed, mate. Um, question from uh, Rob Lay. Uh, welcome, Rob. He says, um, I'm sure that we can develop some sort of 
protection for young children, uh, maybe a padded cover of some sort. I mean, obviously talking about the the headers and stuff. I I think that um, with the way like materials and stuff that are around these days, you know, uh, uh, top technology and stuff like that. You'd think that there must be some sort of way to provide something which doesn't look ridiculous, doesn't, you know, because if it looks ridiculous, kids won't want to wear it. Yeah. Because ultimately, the players at the top of the game, they're not going to be wearing it. So the kids are not going to want to wear it. So it's, that's where I think you might have a little bit of a problem. Maybe the, if, balls, maybe the ball's softer, though. The ball's made of something different. Mm, yeah, for the kids, maybe like a different mm. style ball. But then is it the, just the repetitive, the motion as much as the, as the impact? I, mm. I don't know. I don't no, know I enough don't, about know. it to, for, to say. For me, it's about, it's about technique. It's, headings like kicking. You know what I mean? When you get old and you can't do it... Mm. But then is it, the re- is it the repetitive movement of the neck and the head that rattles the brain? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, don't know no- I don't know enough into it and, um, mm. and the methodology behind it, which, had, uh, which obviously the experts know more than anything. Yeah, so a couple of comments. Uh, Andy John says, you can't beat the medicine balls, hobnail boots, heavy jerseys, piano strings for laces, real football players, fans stood on the railway sleepers, no diving in, no diving in Ponzi-like kits. So there we go. You can see where Andy sits on uh, I like some football. Of it. I like uh, I liked some of it. I like watching the old football. I think it was it was amazing. I do I do agree with uh, the diving and things and some of the uh, some of the football kids at the minute. I say that because I I, uh, I did a, a really interesting uh, Zoom call on uh, last Saturday night with um, the American Middlesbrough Supporters Association from New York, Orleans. Um, there was a couple of couple of guys from Vancouver in Canada. Um, I wore one, one of my old Middlesbrough shirts mm. and it was hanging off me like I, I must have I've either <laughs> lost about three stone or the shirt was just far too big for me and I was just it was just outrageous I just thought like now everything's fitted and it was just I must have been either fat when I was playing or, or they just make them far too big and I was just tucking them in and it was just outrageous slim down now yeah. you in your old age um, so couple more comments sorry mate um before i move on uh leslie coach says nice t-shirt to you oh thanks what's what's wrong with my t-shirt it's a bit rude <laughs> <laughs> reese david evans says uh, be interesting to see if uh cardiff city sign any uh cardiff city academy players sign on loan uh playing against men will surely help with development rather than the under 23 games which as we've discussed before are worthless Oh, so I, I, I looked at, uh, there's a couple, I, I, obviously I, I get all the tweets from Cardiff City, I get all the tweets from Middlesbrough, and today I was um, I was inundated with um, some tweets from uh, Middlesbrough's under-23s, because Middlesbrough's under-23s today played um, their Premier League 2 game at Wolverhampton Wonders away from home, um, and uh, the 1-4-1 away from home. I, I looked at the team, some lads were 21, 22, uh, mm. Summer 18, 17, which I think is amazing for them because they're playing against people who are five, six years older than themselves, which is great for their development. But those lads who are 20, 21, 22, for me, they're men, they're adults, you know what I mean? And they're playing against young kids. So how are they developing? Or are they at a level now where they're on their last legs because they they maybe not played any competitive football? And I fear for those kind of guys because if they don't, they do get dropped by a club, where are they going to go? Because which professional team is going to take a look at them or give them an opportunity when they've not played competitive men's football? And that's my fear for, for certain kind of players. You know, For me, if you're good enough, you're old enough. If you're old enough, you're good enough, whatever. And 
you look at Audio at Cardiff City, you know what I mean? You look at Middlesbrough throughout the years, have, have, have had good young players, have sent players out on loan. Stephen Walker, Middlesbrough centre forward, going to MK Dons at the minute, played against Sunderland last week. Going out and playing men's football is just the best education for a young footballer. I'm a great advocate for it. I know we had uh, James Coppinger on who swear by it. He's seen loads of players come and go from Doncaster on loan from Premier League clubs. He's he's been on loan himself as a younger player. Um, so it's for me, it's 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 a, it's a great um, tool to have in football. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I just um, I just in my opinion, and it's only my opinion. Um, I think the loan system does more for young players than the you know the under twenty three games. However, I will say. Under twenty three games can be vital for other stuff like players who are injured uh, or have been out for a long time. Injuries are getting back to fitness before they step up into the first team or go on loan. Those games could be important for them. And also those young, if you've got like a fifteen or a sixteen year old who's phenomenal, and you want to test them, um, you know, basically men's football. I think under twenty threes can be a you know that can be a real good thing for them. Totally agree. For me, it's the only way to do it. You know that. that um, I remember when Robbie Stockdale came on the the, the the Monday show. We spoke about that what Middlesbrough used to do. Middlesbrough had two. We had three teams basically. We had the we had the first. I'm oh, sorry. We had four teams. We had the first team. We had the reserves. We had the youth team, which is 16 to 18 year olds, and then we had another team, which which was young lads against men in a men's league, mm. competitive league, and it was absolutely horrible. It was horrible because you knew what game you were in. Some games you'd find easy because you played against 30, 35-year-old men and you could run rings on them. But when you got a clatter from one of them, you knew about it. When they got when they got a hold of you, you knew about it and you knew in the game. And but you grow up very you grow up very fast, and it's for me it's the only education to have. And yeah. there's nothing better than getting kicked at a seventeen-year-old and, and getting up and wanting more because that's that's what happens in football. Uh, Leslie Coates says tip for Andy: both teams to score, PSG to win, uh, Mbappe to net within ninety minutes. Um, let's, see. let's see. Rob Lay says, "I oh, know that we read that one. Sorry, apologies." Uh, Rob Boyle says he read somewhere that there's a new rule with the extra subs, uh, meaning that you can have two extra subs in a game, but they've got to be academy players. Is that true? Um, I'm not. I haven't read that. I got to be honest. But I don't like the new sub rule. Where you, is it? Is it nine subs now? You can you can have nine subs in your squad. In That's your, ludicrous, isn't it? You can bring seven of them on. You can bring them in, in batches of three. But that can be detrimental, mate, as well, because if you're taking nine subs and you don't use... Sorry to interrupt you. No, if you take nine players as subs, right, um, and you can only use seven, every week you've got two players come in who could be playing under-23s football. Yeah. Now, well, like, it's interesting that you know, Sai, because I spoke to... Um, I spoke to Paul Clements and Paul's um, goalkeeper and coach of Huddersfield Town. I spoke to him yesterday about the same subject, that they had a, a behind-closed-doors game against Salford, which they told three of their players that couldn't play because they were needed for Saturday. He said they probably won't get on on Saturday, so they've missed out on 90 minutes game, practice game, because they're going to be needed at the weekend to sit on the bench. I think that's unfair. I listened to uh, Ian Holloway. Ian Holloway said, um, uh, we can bring five players on at half-time. You know what I mean? So if we're having a bad first half, I can change half the team. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's a threat. That's more of a threat than it is anything. It's not going to help. It's going to hinder clubs. No. Because they're going to upset players. Imagine bringing five subs off at half-time when you're 2-0 down. Those five players are going to spit the dummies out all the time. It's just going to be not. It's just going to be ridiculous. It's not going to have squad harmony at all. It's going to cause problems and, and, and factions between the clubs. I just think. think they should be able to use three subs, take five, and two 
two players or well, X amount of players within your 16, 17 player squad, match day squad, there has to be two academy players within that squad. I just think that's the easiest way to do it. You can't do the the old 90s homegrown rule because there's various um, pro- problems with that. Yeah. So what you do is you say there's got to be two or three players from the academies in the match day squads. And you know that way you're ensuring that clubs are trying to do something with their academies. Because let's face it, there's some clubs around the UK who do not care one bit about academy football. They don't even try to develop academy players. Uh, what else we got? Rob Boyle, uh, no, Leslie Coates says, wearing a helmet on a bike is not uh, not legal and it should be the amount of kids falling off, falling off bikes with head injuries due to no helmet. Um, and he said it's just a point. Um, yeah, he, said, he also says, nice T-shirt, Simon. It's too late now, mate. <laughs> Moment's gone. Backhanded, backhanded compliment. Yeah. Andy, Andy John says, uh, head protection would have made Martin Keogh look good. Keown look good. <laughs> Garen Cole says, uh, watch uh, Chelsea versus Leeds on YouTube yesterday. You should have seen some of the tackles. They, if they were counted by today's standard, that 11, 11 players would have been sent off. There was one yellow card shown in the whole game. Well oh, worth the lads. Uh, well worth a watch. If it was Hunter, some of the worst tackles I've ever seen in that game. I, I, I chuckle every time because I think uh, how there wasn't serious injury in that game is beyond me. Yeah. Well, I said, mate, the tackles back then you used to have one straight through the back of you as a striker, just for you know, just to say hello, basically. Yeah, and listen, managers used to set it up. Managers used to say to defenders, give him, give him something in the first five minutes because mm. you're going to get away with it because you always used yeah. to get a free one. You always used you to get, get, away you get away one, one, you? one. You know what I mean? Whereas now you don't, but you used to get away with one, and then sometimes you get lucky and get away with two. And if you got away with two, you get away for the rest. Because so, by then, mm. no one would come back for any more. And also, if you uh, happen to be on YouTube, just looking for something to watch, there is um, 327 episodes of Ace Podcast Nation for you to check out. Remember that next time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got a question for you. Uh, I was going to bring it up on Monday with Leo, but I decided to save it for tonight. Um, oh, Very quickly, Leslie just said, give us a prediction for Borough and Norwich. So we'll do that first quickly. What you got there, mate? Oh, um, to be honest, I, I've got to I've got to be honest. And uh, Norwich are the team for me, which they're relentless. Um, if you'd have asked me probably before the international break, I'd have said Norwich hundred percent. You can't, obviously you can't tell what's going to happen after the, after the international break, but I do believe Norwich have got a little bit too much for Middlesbrough. And Middlesbrough have had a great run as well, and that run's got to come to an end sometime. So mm. uh, Ben Gibson coming back to Middlesbrough, um, I think Pookie will score, and I think Norwich will have just a little bit too much for Middlesbrough. I will go with 1-0 to Middlesbrough. Brave man. Middlesbrough, keep a clean sheet. Um, Pookie's going to be tired from international duty. And he'll be, obviously, he scored an important goal in the week as well. well so some of Cardiff, some of the, so, uh, Wales were too strong. So some of Middlesbrough's players, unfortunately. You know, Paddy, mm. McNair's, played th- Paddy McNair's played three games this week for national, in national football. It's, I just think it's ridiculous, mate. Ridiculous. We'll get to that and, in a minute. And extra time. It's just not fair. Yeah, we'll get to the Nations League in a minute. But I wanted to ask you this, this uh, this subject. So, um, obviously, Scotland qualified for the Euros yeah. through the, uh, what was it, penalty shootout, wasn't it? David Marshall was phenomenal in yeah, that game. Uh, penalty saves, great in the game as well. Uh, David Marshall, in my opinion, the best Cardiff City goalkeeper, in certainly in the current era, you could argue, of all time. Some people would. Um, 
not sure if I'd go that far, but he's certainly up there. He's certainly the, the best Cardiff keeper of the current era. Um, and one of the best championship goalkeepers in recent years. So, my question is, why hasn't it really worked out when he's moved up to play Premier League level? Um, I think when he when he went to the Premier League, he ended up getting relegated in the team. So maybe maybe it's that. He's been relegated a couple of times. I yeah. Think. So you know, what I mean, he's never really been given an opportunity to play in an established Premier League um, team, which obviously has an impact because he's probably had opportunity to go back to the Premier League, but not be number one. You know, what I mean, David Marshall needs to play football matches, and if David Marshall doesn't play football games, he's too good to be a number two. So mm. is he best off playing at a club like um, like he's at and playing week in week out with Derby County? In my opinion, yes, he is. You know what I mean? Because he's he needs to play. You know what I mean? And if he's got aspirations to play for his country, now in the Euros, he's only ever going to do that if he's playing week in, week out because there's other players who will be getting in that shop window if they're playing games regular. Yeah, the age he's at now, he's got to play week in, week out if he wants to keep playing for Scotland because yeah. he's coming to the latter part of his career. There's young keepers coming up. Um, if he's on the bench... They're going to play the younger keeper who's playing week in, week out. But you know it's, in, it's an interesting him. one, isn't it, though? Yeah, because he is yeah. so good. Well, I can't fault him. I, I, I think he's got so much desire. To, he could probably earn more money sitting on the bench in the Premier League than he is playing for Derby County. But he's playing week in, week out. So, for me, can't fault the lad. Um, dedication, commitment, desire. Um, would I want him to have, a, have, a, have an opportunity in the Premier League? I think he deserves one. But, is that a, but then I look at the teams we could probably go and play for. Burnley, Tom Pope. In that Tom Pope, is it Tom Pope? Nick, Nick Pope. Pope. Nick Pope, international goalkeeper, difficult one. Um, Newcastle United potentially. You know, I mean, there's probably one where he could probably go, he could probably walk into straight away. Um, there's, there's some sides where he put he'd, he'd be he'd be number two to begin with, and as he got um, as he got long enough, and as he got the um, the time to sit on the bench and, and fight for his place, probably not. Yeah. So he started his career at Celtic, played 35 times for them. And then he went on loan to Norwich and then he played nearly 100 times for Norwich before making a move to Cardiff. He played 264 times for City. Mm. Then he had his kind of big move, if you like, to Hull. I think that was mainly down to Cardiff's financial situation. Yeah. Um, then he played a Wigan before going to Derby County. In my opinion, um, he should have stayed at Cardiff one more season and I think he would have got a, a bigger move. But I can understand the various reasons why he did end up going when he did. Um, obviously, I think he did. He go when Cardiff got relegated. No, he went the season before, didn't he? Um, yeah. Ultimately, great goalkeeper made his Scottish debut in two thousand and four, but has only won forty odd caps since. Um, I think Scotland actually goalkeepers is one of their strongest positions. When you think of it, they had um, that's some good goalkeepers, Alan McGregor. Yeah, uh, David Marshall, Alan David McGregor. Marshall, they got the yeah. other guy who played million games for Celtic. What was his name? Craig Gordon. Um, uh, what's his name? That's going to bug me. Yeah, it might be Craig Gordon. I'm thinking of. Did he go to Sunderland? Yeah, he Craig did, Gordon, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was the one who used to play for Everton as well. They used to have a Scottish keeper for a few years before um, Pickford. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Did not sure I'll have to look into that uh, Rob Lay as well says greetings by the way from Australia you are international love there it. we go love good it. eye mate yeah, he's like not it. Australian I don't think though I think like I'm pretty it. sure he's a Cardiff boy but Rob, he's living in Australia love, Rob whereabouts Rob what time is it because it must be early there because it's uh, gotcha. Saturday morning so you're up early good effort well, that's what I like to see bit of dedication yeah, bit of from the viewer the show, yeah. yeah love it um, 
So I'm just going to quickly go back through some comments because I missed a few when I was talking about Andy, uh, David Marshall. Leslie said, best thing Downing did was go to Sunderland on loan. Uh, Kay Childs says, Roy Keane's tackle on Haaland still makes me look away. Ouch. Yeah, that's a brutal one. And um, yeah, we've talked about that before. Like it's brutal for the, it's like the reasoning behind it and the whole story around it. Makes it even more brutal. Oh, there's um, history. There's history there. I mean, Roy's quite uh, quite a personal man, and and and, and there's always he took it method. personally, mate, didn't he? Yeah, there's method in his madness for Roy, and love him or hate him, that's just the way he is. Yeah, and I think ultimately as well, mate, is he was very he's very proud of the fact that he's kind of like a, a proper footballer. He didn't dive, you know. He was he was hard, but he also when people went in hard on him. He didn't roll around on the floor like he'd been shot, etc. So when uh, Alfie Ingle Harland told him he was diving when he had ripped his cruciate ligaments or whatever in his knee, he took it personally, much more personally than perhaps other people would have. And, you know, that's where you go. Not that I'm excusing it, by the way, because no, it was no, no, no. just A good effort, by brutal, the way, by, but... uh, by Rob, 3.45am in the morning. <laughs> wow, good, that is phenomenal. Well good done, effort. Rob. You, you get good that. Effort. The viewer of the week. <laughs> Jesus. Um, he also says, Rob, early on, he said, uh, what odds would you give him on Cardiff letting in another early goal within the first 10 minutes? Uh, he's concerned teams know how slack our defence is uh, uh, early on in the game. It's got to be a concern. Do you know what? If I was playing 100%. Cardiff City, I would play bloody 2-6-2 two, two, two or something in the first 10 minutes and try and nick a couple of goals. I've got no issue in Cardiff City let a goal in if they've gone for the juggle and they've gone attacking the game. But yeah. they, don't, they, don't, they don't do that. So it, it, for me, They just constant, defend badly, don't they, while yeah, playing defensive. Why they, why they do. You know what I mean? They play Millwall tomorrow. Millwall don't, don't, haven't scored a goal in the last two, uh, three games. So, but they've got some players who could do damage. But can you imagine uh, the Jed way Wallace. Cardiff defend in those first 10 minutes versus Jed Wallace? Yeah, Jed Wallace. Jed on Wallace, fire, like. Yeah, difficult one. Could be three 0 down in ten minutes, but but if I was manager of another team, I would hundred percent target Cardiff City. Um, I want to quickly go on to um, the Nations League. Interesting week, but ultimately it didn't matter this last week. Like I know the playoffs and everything, that was great, that was fine, no problem with that. Though, that those games where you had the playoffs because they were for a reason to qualify for the Euros. Then. That's what, After that, that's when the league football should have come back. They should have had a few days off, and then you go back to the league football, the domestic schedules. Why do we need to... Oh, mate. And also, why... why? Hang on, sorry, mate. I've got to get this off my chest because it bugs me. <laughs> why are we completing the Nation League kind of uh, schedule of games to see who gets promoted and goes up after we're playing the playoff to see who qualified for the Euros? Yeah, listen. I don't think uh, I don't think anyone will be uh, shocked and surprised what, what I'm going to start ranting on about now, sir. But I'm glad you said this because my my concern with with how I was going to go about it was was obviously we have a lot of uh, passionate Welsh people uh, on the show. Uh, we'll we'll get viewers, there now. Um, who um, who have obviously been promoted, so it could be a it could be a big thing because you're playing against bigger teams. You know, what I mean, people say, oh. Social media disappointed that England didn't beat Belgium because they because they were they had a chance to go to this the finals of the of the <laughs> nation. Oh, listen, I didn't lose any sleep that they got beat by Belgium. By the way, you know what I mean? Belgium, I best I, team in the world. By the way, I didn't yeah. even care that they beat uh, beat Iceland, and that was my that that was my issue. Sorry, you know what I mean? That the 
England couldn't get promoted. It didn't matter. But then they play against Iceland and they still play Harry Kane, for example. Why? Why are you risking the health of a person and a player when he's got some massive games, which he's going to play in, by the way? Why, you, why did you play him for 75 minutes? Jack Grealish, you know what I mean? He got man of the match for me against 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 um, Belgium. I thought he was I thought he was excellent. So why do you need to watch him again against Iceland? Yeah, so yeah, give somebody else a game. Give somebody else a chance. You don't need to keep playing the same people. If I'm Villa, I'd have been furious with that, mate. Call 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 a young young player up from the under twenty ones and give him an opportunity. Give five of them an opportunity to play play at Wembley and 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 send five of five of the lads back home so they can have a rest before before Saturday's games. I just don't understand it. My concern with this Nations League thing a bit is that they're trying to make it competitive, blah, blah, blah. I accept that because, and I, I am glad in one way because I hate pointless friendlies. They just frustrate me. They're just, effort. I just hate them. So I, I, I appreciate the thought behind trying to create something. But ultimately, by making it competitive, you're making these players play more games and whereas if it was a friendly they'd have played 45 minutes come off and they'd have changed the whole team which yeah great is boring to watch etc but these guys have got to go and play 40 50 games this season we're like 10 games we're not even 10 games into the season and they've just played three games in a week for international which didn't matter they did not matter Um, and i will on wales i will say when Wales have got a full-strength squad and team to pick from, they'll give anyone a game on their day. The problem we've got is our backup players from those that first eleven. a lot of them are very, very young, so you can get one really very good game from them, then the next one they look a bit hmm. sort of rabbit in the headlights. Not rabbit in the headlights, that's too harsh, but like they're not as consistent because they're so young. Um so I, I just I look, I, look, I look at England's group for example. Uh, we're in Group A, uh, which is you don't you don't get any. You know what I mean? You, you're in the top top group, and we've got Iceland and we've got Denmark. They're not going to. I'm not, not going to learn anything from playing against those two nations. Belgium, you're going to get two competitive games home and away. You know what I mean? Use that as an, as a as a catalyst to see how good you are. But I want to see England against France, Germany, Spain, Brazil, Argentina, Wales. I want to see them against home nations because those games would be more competitive than they would than Iceland. Iceland might as well not even turned up the other day. They were absolutely diabolical. Didn't even try and win, did they? No, well, they had zero points, zero points from six games. Mm. So they're either out of the depth or it's a pointless exercise. Didn't care. They yeah. didn't care. Um, I would rather than the Nations League. I'd rather um, you have like a six nations in football, but then do them all around the world. So like group areas continents together in like groups of six or seven and do that so every time you have an international don't have so many international breaks as well but when you have these international breaks you've got england wales scotland ireland northern ireland you have your little six nations france you could chuck france in there as well if you wanted to they're close and then the winner from each of those groups then goes into like a a a one-off tournament with the winner getting something, which means something. I'd rather that than this pile of... So, listen, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to speak to Gareth Southgate and ask him what he learned from the Republic of Ireland game for England because his team and not in Republic's team was, was poor. I'd love to see what, um, what Gareth thought about the Wales game and the Wales performance um, because it didn't mean anything yeah. for both teams. It was a pointless exercise. What's he learned? You know what I mean? Because we, we're going to play Scotland in the Euros at Wembley. 
So what has he learned in for a home nations game, a competitive game, because that's what their class does. It's not the other. It's just a pointless exercise for me. So we got um, so Andy John is up in Barnsley. It'd be interesting to see where everyone's from, actually. Um, but anyway, um, Rob Boyle makes a. He says about Lee Tomlin's out for another two months. Not a great shock. But what, here's a point for you then. Lee Tomlin's out for two months. Harry Wilson's just played three games in a week. And now he's going to play for Cardiff tomorrow. If he pulls up 10 minutes into the game with a hamstring, Cardiff are, have got no creativity again. Until next year. It's Christmas yeah. done as well, so he's, got, he's potentially going to miss 10 games. So you tell me, how important was the international break? How vital was it that Harry Wilson played all those games for all those minutes in all those games? Mm. i tell you one thing. Neil Harris's job depends on it. If Harry Wilson was out for... Three months. Neil Harris won't be manager when he comes back. I would guarantee that. Uh, is it is it an old injury? Is it a new injury? Has he been rushed back to try and um, take the pressure off people? Because he's we've had an international break. So what, if he has been rushed back, why are they rushing him back? I don't get it. Well, he must have. I think he's 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 clearly had some in all season, haven't he? Because he's been sort of in and out, and he's not really been starting. So now he's at, he's having surgery. Uh, he's out from. Two, at least two months because he's having groin surgery. So, it, uh, Neil, oh my God, that, that what I've just seen has infuriated me. Neil Harris said, uh, the situation has become such that going under the knife became the only option for the player because he was hampered by injury. Neil Harris said, we tried to manage him. It was a bit of a gamble. Uh, we've tried to get him through it, but it's just not happened. We've taken advice and he's going the surgery route. He is the Cardiff City's only creative player. Why? Why the? Why haven't they had him have surgery as soon as they've played that playoff game against Fulham? Why isn't he having surgery the next day? Especially with the surgery, if it's a groin injury, it's probably a, he'd be back a, now. It's, it's probably a hernia. If it's keel, it's probably four weeks. So he's he, listen. I, I've I've had the operation. I've had the operation on both groins, and it's uh, if if it is the same injury, and it's it's not a nice one, but it's. It's not a long one. It's not a difficult. But plus, mate, recovery wise, it'd be all right. If he's out, he's out for two months now. They've been trying to manage it all this time. If he's had that the day after that Fulham game, he'd be one. He'd be back now. Two. It probably wouldn't be as bad because you'd imagine if it is like a hernia type injury, he's definitely made it worse. Where he's been trying to manage it. Like what? What are they? What are they playing at? Because what they've. <laughs> They're so they're so dependent on him. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm getting some stick in the group here. By the way, I'm getting some getting, getting some stick in there. Let's have a look now. Yeah. Andy John makes a fantastic point. He says, "Nice mustache, Simon." I'm not going to read the rest because it doesn't matter. It's just that's the only bit which is important. Uh, oh, so we've got Leslie says, "How how come the days uh, move? How come you've moved rooms? Usually sat in a different room." Well, currently, currently, I'm having a bit, obviously, cyanose. I'm having a bit of a nightmare these uh, this last few days because I'm in isolation, so I can't go anywhere. I can't do a lot. And because of what's going on in the world, I've, I've got a little visitor on a Friday, and which I, which I don't normally have. So when I started this show on Friday, I don't normally have the visitor. And, uh, and you can probably have a... She's so good. I can't believe how quiet she is. Oh, she's have a little, uh, little, sneak, little sneak preview. So she's, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's just... She's been in bed since since the show started, fast asleep. So it's, uh, and uh, Kate, Kate Child says uh, no cost coffee cup muck. Yeah, tonight. it's downstairs. It was a daughter with coffee, so I, I went for that. I went for my daughter instead. So. Uh, I'm I'm I'm, so, I'm, so. I'm hoping 
that uh, Mr. Campbell's going to buy me one of those for my uh, for my Christmas present. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A wink it's a good one. Mention. It's a good one. And we'll wink and it's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, if, we, if we don't get a sponsor out of it, I'll be fuming. Yeah, and they're just going to both of us will just be there like Costa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yet again, our transfer activity comes back to haunt us. No right back. No number ten cover. I it's like I'm like a broken record with it, uh, Reese. It's, it's just boring at some yeah. point, isn't it? Where they just doing they're making the same it's, mistakes it's, over and over again. It's difficult, side though, isn't it? I mean, because people um, people pay good there money. There you go. People pay people pay good money and wonder where this money goes, what they pay. You know what I mean? And at the start of the season, when season tickets get bought and um, and players leave or get sold, where does this money money get generated? And and sometimes I I do wonder why uh, why why the, the Listen, Kiefer Moore is a very good signing, but mm. did they need other positions to fill? Because Glattel couldn't yeah. play that position. Could they have filled those 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 positions before they went and go and sign another centre forward for three million pounds? In my opinion, yes. You know, I mean, there was positions which needed to be filled. I look at the way the, the, the seasons finished for Cardiff City last year. Cardiff City finished the season unbelievably well because they had a stronger squad than they have got now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they've got, they've got better players on the pitch now, but they haven't got the backup from behind. They haven't got the backup on the bench. They haven't got the players that they had behind pushing the other players along. And at the minute, the manager's caught between playing all those players all over the town, hell of the time. Hence, why you're getting injuries and you're getting you're getting Tomlin getting injured because he's not getting he's not he's not getting the the, the, the rest which he needed. So he's he's being pushed and played when he when he shouldn't have been. Mm, Reese says there. He says, uh, "I wonder who is signing the players because Neil Harris sounds quite surprised when they do sign someone." Um, he did with Harris and with Moore. I think um, when Mehmet Dalman was on the show, he said uh, that there's like this transfer committee, isn't it? Where it's him, the manager, and Kenneth Cho. I think it was, was it? Yeah. Um, and they make the decisions. They basically vote, don't they? Because uh, there was. I think it was. It might have been Emiliano Sala actually, whereby uh, Mehmet Dalman voted against signing him, and the other two si- voted to sign him. So they signed him. Um, for me, that's problematic in um, having a committee. I feel like ultimately the manager should have the say on the personnel, and the chief executive or the chairman has the say on. No, that's too expensive. We'll try and get him within our budget, but. That's it. Listen, listen, si, if Cardiff City had a director of football, I couldn't understand it filtering down because normally a director of football would bring the players in and the manager would work with those players and, and, and make them successful. Cardiff mm. don't have that. Cardiff have a manager, and to my beliefs, is the manager picks the players he wants, he gives them to the chairman or the chief exec, and they decide if it's a yes or a no. And if it's a yes, then he gets backed. If it's a yes and he doesn't perform, then it's the manager's responsibility. You know what I mean? So it's a it's it's a difficult one. You know that that the manager must be giving people a list of, of people for January, for example. Already, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, mate. Um, shall we uh, do some predictions for the championship, mate? Yes, let's go. Um, oh, I say that, and I haven't got the fixtures up in front of me. So give me just two seconds. Uh, well, there's one, there's one being played now. There's one. We're in the middle of one now, but there's, there's only about fifteen minutes gone. So I, I don't know if we. It's nil nil. So yeah, go on. We'll do a we'll do a prediction quickly for that one. Then Coventry or Birmingham, mate. What you got? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'll go Birmingham then for the rest of this game. I'll go. I'm gonna go with a Coventry win that one. It is currently nil nil. Uh, okay, so we got uh, Bournemouth versus Reading. Uh, give us your prediction and uh, just a couple of lines about you, how you think it'll go. Um, I'm going to go Bournemouth, um, only because Reading finished on a really, really 
poor run before the international break. Um, I'm guessing a lot of the Brendan players will have been on international duty, which is not always a good thing. Um, yes, they might have come back um, with a different, fresher approach, but at the same time, they also could have been back with negative results as well. So it could be a it could be a bad bad week for um, for Reading with losing a lot of players for international duty as well. And I just think Bournemouth have got a little bit too much. Good game, though, yeah. big game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I think um, ultimately. I think Bournemouth will probably have a little bit too much, but but Reading, you know, if they play like they were at the start of the season, be anyone on the day, mate. At the end of the day, um, so yeah, I think I'll go. Uh, no, do you know what? I'm going to go with Reading. I'm gonna, I was really impressed with them at the start of the season. I thought they looked a little bit better the other uh, the other day. Uh, international break, maybe they'll have. Uh, Got a bit of their mojo back, so we'll go with Red in for that one. Uh, Barnsley versus Forest, mate. How do you see that one going? Um, I think Forest have picked up. Um, they've had two wins out of the last two games. Lyle Taylor scoring goals. Lewis Grabbing might be back as well by all accounts. So, um, so let's see. I, th- I think about. I think Nottingham Forest will will beat Barnsley. I'm a bit. Uh, I'm a bit stuck on that one. It's. Uh, I'm gonna go with Forest. I think. Um, even though I enjoy watching Barnsley, I'm gonna go with Forest just because of their. Uh, they still got that new manager feel and lift. Uh, guys, tell us what your predictions are for these games as well in the, in the old uh, live chats. You could go with a score or just a team. Uh, Bristol City versus Derby County with Wayne Rooney in co-charge. Yeah, this is going to be a difficult one for Wayne. As predicted it's, it's, by us, by the way. Yeah, well, he's caught between uh, rock and a hard place, isn't he? Because does he play? Does he manage? Mm. You know what I mean? So if he plays, he's he's under pressure to perform. That player manager's role is, is such a difficult one. Uh, Bristol City had a, had, a, had, a, had a couple of good wins before the international break with beating Cardiff and beating, beating Huddersfield Town. I think home win for me. Indeed, yeah. I... I... Yeah, Bristol City for me, even with Wayne Rooney having then maybe give him a bit of a lift, I think uh, Bristol have been very good this season. Lovely comment there by Gaz as well. Um, thank you, Gaz. I appreciate well, that Cheers, massively, Dad. mate. Um, Costa. So, yeah, Costa would be nice, yeah. <laughs> Andy Campbell and Sai have signed with Costa Coffee for $2.5 million. And then we got Luton Town versus Blackburn Rovers. One's been awesome, one's fallen to pieces. I'm going to go to Luton Town. I think I just think um, they have desire. Uh, they had a really good start of the season. I know Blackburn Rovers could win on any day, but I think um, I think Luton Town will win. I think uh, I think they'll be well up for it. Um, sorry, I just uh, got to go to this comment. It's made me chuckle straight away. Um, not that one. Sorry, uh, Reese said he said he can't get over it. when um, Patterson signed for Cardiff. Um, they signed him whilst he was injured. Uh, first day of training, Warnock said he couldn't defend. So, who's scouting them? Um, you know, they basically got lucky that he was decent up front. Who's scouting the players? If like he, they've signed someone, Warnock's seen him on the first day and been like, "Well, he's not a very good defender." Yeah. Do you that's, know what I mean? That's yeah, that's, that's concerning. Yeah, really that's is a little, little bit worrying. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Blackburn Rovers for uh, for that game. As as impressive as Luton have been, Blackburn. I think we'll just have too much. Uh, and I think actually Blackburn, they will have wanted that international break because they were all over the shop. Um, and, you know, we've said over the last, what, year, they've been on their day. They're as good as anyone in that league. Uh, they just need to 
get the right things in the right places. Borough versus Norwich. Obviously, we discussed this earlier, yeah. so um, have a quick... Yeah, well, uh, yeah I, I, I think Norwich will have a little bit too much for Middlesbrough. Um, Norwich have, t- have kept two clean sheets the last two games. Middlesbrough have kept clean sheets the last four games. The last five games between Middlesbrough and Norwich, Middle- Norwich have won 1-0 for four of them and 2-0 the other one, so I think it's not going to be a game of loads of goals in. Uh, but I think uh, I think it'll, I think Norwich will have too much for Middlesbrough. Yeah, I think one bill, one nil. Borough, uh, Millwall, and Cardiff City. This could go all over the place. You could yeah, say. I think it could be goals galore. Um, be interesting if Kenneth is a hard players. Uh, I, I know he's doubtful he, that he, that he will play. Um, if he does play, be well up for the game. Um, but I think there'll be goals, goals in the game. I'm going to go for two, two. I'm going to go for a draw. Um, yeah, I think. Um, unfortunately, I I never predict against Cardiff. Um, so I'm going to go for a draw, which will tell you everything you need to know. Um, Cade, Charles just asked a question. Um, we'll come back to that uh, in a minute, Cade. Um, Preston North End, Sheffield Wednesday, mate. Oh, this is a difficult one. Both teams mm. aren't doing great. Um, they'd both be on similar points if uh, if Sheffield Wednesday didn't get the six points deducted. Uh, I'm going to go Sheffield Wednesday. But I don't think it'll be a classic. No, me neither. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go Preston with that one. Preston, two one. I think uh, looks good. QPR Watford, London Derby. London Derby. QPR are the fans' choice of watching because they score loads of goals and let loads in. Uh, I think there'll be tons of goals in this one again, but I think uh, Watford will score the majority, and I think Watford will <laughs> beat um, QPR quite heavily. I go for three now. Yeah. See, thing is right. If if we could see into the future and I told you QPR won two nil or two one, you wouldn't be surprised. No, because on their day QPR have been phenomenal, yeah. but, but then, on the but very they, next day they've been they absolutely lose, dreadful. They could lose five nil. It's just uh, it must be frustrating for the manager and the fans. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I'm going to go with QPR win. Uh, no, I'm going to QPR uh, draw. I'm going to go with uh, uh, Stoke City versus. Huddersfield Town. Um, yeah, so like I said, I spoke to Paul Clemens yesterday. We talked about um, Stoke City yesterday because uh, obviously Huddersfield Town goalkeeping coach, and he said how strong they are, and watched a lot of videos on them. And I think they'll have a little bit too much for Huddersfield on the day they can score goals, beat anybody, and I think they could be in the playoffs by Saturday night this week. Yeah, I've, um, I think Stoke will win, um, and I think actually Stoke might run away with the league. I think I might have said this last week. Um, I think Stoke are going to run away with the league if a couple of things just fall into place and they stay injury-free. Uh, Swansea City versus Rotherham. Uh, this is the, listen, it should be a home win. Um, obviously, the, the, they've had a couple of difficult games, Brentford and, and Norwich, um, but you just never know. Sorry, I, just, but I, just think, I think Swansea love too much for Rotherham. Um, YJB, Rotherham will win, I think. Definitely, mate, 100%. I think uh, 2-1 to Rotherham. I say 100%. Like, yeah, definitely. That's what's going to happen. No, I think uh, Rotherham will win that one. Uh, 2-1. They've been on fire. They would have not wanted that international break whatsoever, would they? Um, Unfortunately. Rob Boyle, uh, with a brave prediction, he says that uh, Rotherham will win 6-0. And I'm sure that's not influenced whatsoever by any club loyalty whatsoever. Um, I just got a feeling Rotherham are going to pinch it, mate. Um, as much as I think Swansea should win, and if you asked me to put my house on it, I'd go with Swansea. I think Rotherham 
likely or may pick up something. I just got a feeling. Uh, Wickham Wanderers, who were banging form going into the international break, got a yeah. massive game against Brentford, which is it's got to be frustrating for them, haven't it? To be in such good form and then have to have two weeks off and then play one of the top teams last year. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be. It was always going to be a hard one. They've, they've picked up a few points, and then they have this international break, which probably, by the looks of it, won't do them any good because uh, you're playing one of the best teams in the league, who's scoring goals, creating chances. Um, Ivan Tony's one of the best centre forwards in the in the championship at the minute, scoring goals. So, yeah, I can't see. Uh, I can't see. I can't see Wickham winning. You know, I mean, the best will get mm. the draw, but I think Brentford will win or should win. Um. Yeah, I. If you just asked me this with before without the international break, I probably would have gone with Wickham to to pick up a little one nil or something. But I don't see him beating Brentford um, yeah. after the break. Um, I'm going to go with Brentford there. Um, obviously, there's a couple, there's a games next week in the uh, Championship midweek. Uh, so I'm going to ask you about your beloved Borough, and rather than going through all the games because we don't want to take up too much more time, uh, how do you think Borough will do against Derby next Wednesday? <sighs> Um, I think it all depends, doesn't it, how Derby get on at the weekend. Um, if they get an, a, a, a negative result and they still don't have a manager, you know, I, mean, I know it looks like they're not going to get a manager for a long time because of this takeover. The longer mm. it goes, I think teams are playing them will, will get positive results and it'll be to the detriment of Derby County. And I believe Middlesbrough will beat Derby at the, uh, through the week because Derby, haven't, they're not travelling very well. Um, to be honest, they're not playing very well. And if you can keep Wayne Rooney quiet and, uh, and maybe Waghorn at the minute, they haven't got much else left. Yes, it'd be interesting. But then if if Derby do pick up a big victory on the weekend, uh, in a tough game, by the way, um, you could see him... Out. Yeah, you could see him getting a bit of uh, momentum then, couldn't you, under Rooney? Um, New managers change things, but he's not. He's not a manager. You know I me mean? for me. I would just give he's him one the of the boys, isn't he? Yeah, I would have. I would have given him the job. Give him the job. What's it? What are you waiting for? I think it? it's a bit rubbish, isn't it, to say, like. We're waiting for the takeover to come. Be, be, just give it to him to the end of the season. Yeah, Because exactly. let's face it, they're probably going to give it to him anyway yeah, the when the takeover's might, the, done. The, the, the takeover might happen at the end of the season anyway, so what have we lost? And plus, why wouldn't you just ask the takeover, the people who are involved in the takeover, when you take over, are you likely to give Wayne Rooney the job? If so, we'll give it to him to the end of the season and then you can sort it out in the summer. Um... I'm going to go with Derby, mate. Sorry. Um, apologies. And then also Cardiff play Coventry on the Wednesday. Uh, they moved it from the Tuesday to allow for Super Kev unscripted on Tuesday. Um, it gives uh, it gives Coventry an extra day to recover after their game tonight. So, you know what I mean? It gives them an opportunity, which is unfair, fair, whichever way you want to look at it. But I do think um, uh, Cardiff should, they should win. You know what I mean? And to be fair, if we're, if we're talking about a, a tough game at the weekend tomorrow, then they'll have to pick themselves up and, and get a win in the midweek because Neil Harris will be under pressure if they don't get, for me, at least four points this week, never mind if not six. Mate, on paper, Cardiff City playing Millwall and Coventry in the same week should be picking up six points. I agree. Real, realistically. On if last year's got, form. Yeah, well, just, yeah, on last year's form, on uh, at the start of the season, what their title, what all three clubs' targets were to where to finish in the league. Cardiff City should be looking to pick up six points from those two games. Yeah. Do I think they will? No. Um, and I tell you what, they got to keep Harry Wilson fit, wrap him in cotton wool, yeah. because 
they could be in all sorts of trouble if he's um, he picks up uh, any sort of injury. Um, okay, to finish this off, then we'll have a, a few questions. So if you've got any questions on anything, uh, just get them in quickly. Um, was there anything, Andy, which you wanted to discuss? There was something which you said to me before the show, and I can't we were, remember what it was. We were talking managers, uh, weren't we? Yes. We were talking managers, and we were talking about managers leaving, obviously, with Wayne Rooney and things. And um, obviously, we have the laughing and joke, didn't we, about John Sheridan? He's had something like 15, <laughs> 15 jobs in 11 years, which I just found out just astounding. Not outstanding, astounding. He's got the best agent in the world. Um, he's not done well in all them 11 jobs by the way they're still continue getting work no. is, is just is for me it's, it's a little bit of a joke a little bit laughable you know that they're, they're all for giving young coaches and, and fresh people a, a, an opportunity and um, obviously Richie Wellens left his role at Swindon Town to go to Salford which left an opening for John Sheridan to go into, into Sweden, Swindon Town and there's too many people leaving managers jobs we spoke about on Monday about, um, about there being a, a management window and an opportunity for yeah what did you have, think have, of my suggestion for that Listen, Sai, it's the same as players. Clubs need stability. And the only way to have mm. stability is stabilising at all levels. And players have to stay for six months, so why not managers? But for me, I, I probably have, wouldn't have a window. Uh, if, if, if you sign a contract for 12 months, then see it out. Then you won't be, you won't be getting yourself into trouble because, you know, I listen to what you said, and, and, and I think it's a great idea. If a club signs a manager on, let's say Wayne Rooney gets a job for 12 months and he doesn't do very well, at the end of those 12 months, it's not costing him anything to get rid of him. But if he signs a three-year contract and he has a bad year, he's got to be paid off for two years. Who can afford to do that at the minute? Nobody. Especially, so, he's one of the highest paid players. Exactly. exactly, you know what I mean? So for me, maybe his clubs are a bit conscious about sacking managers um, mm. because of the payoff, you know what I mean? At the end of the season, it might be a bit of a scramble because 10 managers are leaving and there's, and there's 10 openings, but who cares? You know what I mean? You've yeah. got a couple of week window to, in the summer to get it done, get your new manager in place and you can, you can plan your pre-season with a minute. People are losing their jobs after five, six, seven, ten games because they've had a bad start. You know what I mean? Sheffield Wednesday, Derby County. You know how, how can you stabilise and you know? I mean, and I think this this isn't just this ten games, by the way, because Cockers no. had, had a poor season last yeah. season as well. So it's not just a one-off. Another aspect to it is is if a manager gets off to a bad start, like five, six games, can't pick up a win anywhere. But then he might settle. He might settle into the job. He'll settle the players, start to understand what he wants from them, and it stops club clubs pulling the trigger like a trigger trigger happy clubs, doesn't it? It stops yeah. them just diving in and sacking the manager straight off. And maybe you know Fergie famously had a terrible start to his uh, United career and then turned it around. So maybe that provides that. I think that it should come in as soon as possible because. I just think it would work best for stability of football clubs. Leslie says, uh, I thought you were visiting Middlesbrough, Simon, at some point. I am going to be coming to Middlesbrough, um, but not at the moment. I've got to be very, very careful because of my health um, in term- with everything that's going on. So as uh, soon as I can do so safely, I will be coming up to Middlesbrough and we're going to film a show in person and, and whatnot. Um, got some big plans, for which have unfortunately been on put on hold because of uh, everything which has happened this year we had some massive plans for mm. kind of in-person shows and content and doing maybe a couple from a studio and things like that which um, you know we're still yeah we had a little road trip we were gonna go up to scotland and get kev and what was it we're gonna go and see um <clears throat> go and see the crooks in chesey 
mm. and uh, a few different places and we're going to just have a little film it all little documentary but uh, you know still got big plans they're just on hold as it were uh reese says why do players wear the smallest shin pads possible uh, when i played i had big ones with the padded ankle protection it didn't alter my movement or speed but Grealish wears tiny ones and gets kicked every game um, well, I'm similar because I've had the same pair of shin pads for about 26 years and, and all mine just cover is, is my shin bone. Um, I don't have any other protection. I've had a couple of bad injuries ankle-wise because of tackles and things. It's just it's every person to their own. You know, I've seen people who wear the, the padding ankle ones, a little bit like cricket pads that they cover everything around you, around you from your knee downwards. But for me, I just, I just think they're there to serve a purpose and it's, it's a shin bone, you know, that you can still have protection in your ankle and you can still break. For example, you know what I mean by by doing the wrong movement. So for me, it was it, less was more sometimes. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Uh, and he says Simon will go to Borough for a Costa. Yeah, absolutely. Kate Child says I don't even know what this means. So oh. maybe we're gonna have to bring back the fake Geordie Bingo Lingo, Palmo. which I I sorely missed that that. Um, that's a Palmo, a Palmo is a is a chicken a scallop a scallop chicken with. Um, Breaded um, cheese, uh, bechamel sauce. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's that a, sounds right up my alley as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very un- very like unhealthy that. and very very nice. Right, right up my alley. Yeah, I think we. Sh- if you think we should bring back the fake Geordie Ling Bingo Lingo, then uh, please let us know. And if you don't know what it is, check out some of the earlier Andy Campbell shows. It was basically Andy would translate some northern, uh, <laughs> northern ling, northern slang, or he would teach me something about the north, north of England. It was, uh, it was, it was good fun. It was a yeah. uh, soon-to-be award-winning feature, I think, was the the tagline. Uh, Andy John said, "Who's the next guest on Crime Watch Monday?" Oh, uh, see, if, you, good, if you'd watch the start of this show, you'd yeah. have known. Yeah, we've got a good guest on Monday. We've got um, York City and Sunderland legend, ex-Cardiff City player Darren Williams. Um, Darren had a uh, very strong career playing for his country. Um, Premier League. Premier League footballer uh, with Kev Phillips era, uh, Niall Quinn. Uh, I, play, I was lucky enough to play with him at Cardiff City. I've known him for, uh, oh, a lifelong friend of mine, I've known him for 30 plus years uh, and the family. So, yeah, some good stories. And uh, for those Middlesbrough fans, uh, we'll talk about that goal, which um, <laughs> there's a story behind it, by the way, which isn't a pleasant story, but it's a, mm. uh, it's a fantastic story. Yeah, indeed. And you can check out Darren. He's also the guest on Mental Health in Sport this Sunday. Uh, so that is going to be he's going to be on back to back nights on Ace Podcast Nation, which is going to be really, really interesting because we're going to get to talk about the mental health side on Sunday. Uh, obviously, we've already recorded that. And then Monday, we're going to talk about the football side as well as probably a bit about the show, which goes out Sunday. Uh, what else we got? Leslie says, do you think Jack Grealish wears his shorts too tight? He reminds me. Uh, he reminds him of Shaw, who did the same for Villa in the late eighties. Yeah, he, yeah, he rolls him. He rolls him up in the waist, and he rolls him up a good couple of times, um, so you can see more of his legs. Um, so the shorts are a little bit tighter. Brand um, branding, mate. I reckon. Listen, he's um, he's a he's a very good looking boy. He's very talented at what he does, and and, and it's his style and his his socks his socks get tucked under. He looks he looks like a he looks like a seventies or eighties player. You know what I mean? Because of uh, because of the way he plays. Do you reckon that in the summer we'll see Jack Grealish? Whatever, what numbers he wear? 
eight jack Grealish yeah. eight shorts like speedo short like short shorts tennis shorts uh, listen the, the way the way that he the way that he styles himself you know what i mean the people are going to copy especially if he's if he's a national player and his profile's mm. getting as big as it is and aston villa start doing well like the eye listen his stock will go up tenfold because he's a he's a remarkable young person 100% do you think he's future england captain mate um, not for me. I wouldn't say a captain, no, because I think there's too many people who I'd, who I'd probably pick ahead of him being a leader. Um, At that sort of age group then, like early 20s, mid-20s, who's your England captain out of them? Not necessarily the next in line, but the next um, next. Uh, probably Gomez for me. I think probably Gomez at Liverpool. I probably, you know what I mean, or Trent. You know what I mean? Probably one of those two who probably, probably have captain of England. Leading from the back, lead by example. Fair enough. Uh, Reese David Evans says uh, we should look into setting up a fantasy football league. I um, I used to play fantasy football league a lot. Um, I haven't I haven't done it the last couple of seasons. No, I, I haven't done it. Premier League hasn't um, really interested me that much. No, I I I, I like the championship one. one, but not many places do it. No, um, to start our own template. Yeah, just start. Not just have set up a fantasy football league. Just actually set up our own literal game. Um, Leslie says from Middlesbrough Williams question yeah. mark yeah yeah, born and bred in Middlesbrough I uh, I was born quite close to him I lived near his mum for, for quite a long time still bump into the family speak to his brother now and again and, and yes it's he's a he's a he's a big Borough fan and obviously he was luckily enough to score against Middlesbrough uh, for his, his his club that he did really well for mm. so he's uh, great stories to tell it'll be a fascinating show on Monday Both well I can say more I was going to say, like the mental health show which we done with him for the mental health and sports series was phenomenal. Um, it was such an interesting episode. It's one of my favourites so far because um, we touched on so many different subjects, but like it was just really fascinating. And uh, Darren was really interesting. He spoke really well. Spoke about his own issues. Spoke about what we can do in the future to help young players. Great stuff, I gotta say. Uh, Garing says he thought Cade was referring to a Palmo Violet sweet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is either. Um, palm, palm, I thought it was a palm, I thought it was a Palmo Violet sweet. No, I don't know what they the, are. The, the purple ones, purple sweets, <clears throat> like refreshes. Okay. Oh, purple. Right, okay, yeah. yeah, they're nice. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, oh, uh, Leslie says, where in Middles? Where is he from in Middlesbrough? Uh, well, I don't. Where, where was he from? Um, I think he lived, near, he, he lived near the town originally. Um, when he lived, when his when his mum originally. Mm. Uh, but obviously they moved out of the area. But yeah, that's okay. Um, Okie dokie. I think that's us for tonight. Um, unless, as usual, I get a couple of questions as I'm wrapping up. But um, just as I do a few plugs, guys. If you haven't already, subscribe to youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. At the moment, that is the most direct way to support the show and the channel. Um, maybe in 2021 that might change, but, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, Sunday, Mental Health in Sport, episode number six. Oh, Cameron Jerome. Sorry, Cade. So, yeah, so Cade asked a question about Cameron Jerome. Um, but when we were doing the, the predictions... Uh, so he says, uh, if he's wrong, didn't Cameron Jerome start his career at Middlesbrough uh, and then didn't he get a deal done to go to Cardiff? Um, and the reason I wanted to save this 
sorry, mate, just quickly, sorry? is um, Cameron Jerome was absolutely phenomenal for Cardiff, mm. but he's never really did it anywhere else. Um, I think he was all right for, I was going to say, he was all right for Norwich, but for Cardiff, he had that one season where he was really, really good. Um, And do you know what? Just like I said about Marshall, I felt like he left at the wrong time. I felt like one more season. To answer answer Kurt's question, um, he started off in Middlesbrough. Um, I came across Cameron at Middlesbrough. He came on trial um, and he got into the youth setup. Uh, he did really well. He was, he was a little bit raw, uh, but he did really well. He came to Cardiff, mm. still still a little bit raw. You could tell that he hadn't uh, been in the football system too long, and I thought he did really well. He got an opportunity, uh, pushed me out, pushed me out the door, so fair play to mm-hmm. him. Um, got an opportunity um, under Dave Jones and and, and, and and made a career for himself. He's done great, and obviously scored last weekend for MK Dons against Sunderland, so still doing it. Um, it's a great, towards, great move for them, yeah, I thought that was. Towards uh, the end of his career, and... Um, good luck to him. You know he's a he's a he's a very very good lad. Uh, very very likable young person. Well, young person. Say young person. I keep I keep referring to him as young person. Thirty-four, mate. Me, but yeah, he's thirty-year-old grown man with kids. Uh, but it's um, yeah, he's a good lad. Great player. And uh, good luck to him. And hopefully, he can play as long as he can because yeah, he's he's a long time out of the game. Yeah, he never made a first-team appearance for Borough, um, and then he moved to Cardiff. He scored twenty-four in seventy-three games, um, and he was very good. Like you say, he was very raw. Like uh, his finishing was, one week it could be you know, phenomenal, and then the next week it could be a bit like, a bit wayward because he was raw and he was young. Um, he also slated Cardiff when he left, which I didn't like, and I think someone else just mentioned that in the chat. Um, I felt like, for, in terms of the football side of it, I felt like he one more season would have benefited him with Cardiff. And then move, but he went for he went to Birmingham. He scored thirty seven in one hundred eighty one games, and then he kind of was a bit up and down for a few years. He was Stoke Palace on loan. Um, then he did all right at Norwich, thirty eight in one hundred thirty, and then again Derby didn't do great. Uh, good or whatever that is, I'm not even sure where that is. Um, but I think MK Dons is a fantastic move for him, um, and I think even at thirty four. He could do some real damage in um, that league. Uh, so he went to Turkey. Sorry, I was just checking. Um, yeah, do you think he could do some damage, mate, even at 34 for MK Dons? Um, yeah, 100%. He's obviously still a young lad, isn't he? So. God, only in um, League One, mate. Um, no, so it's like... he's, he's in a good side. And uh, when you're playing in a good side for young managers, Russell Martin's a good, good young manager with a, with a, with a bit of... Um, um, a bit of an opportunity to get promoted. So, you know, if you can beat Sunderland and, and, and play teams like After Park, you've got an opportunity to get promoted. Yes, I, I think um, great signing for him. And uh, yeah, that's us. So, um, big, massive thank you to Black Diamond Sports, of course. Um, you could check out all their stuff at their social media pages and their LinkedIn pages, their website, and Bespoke Financial, as ever, for uh, their support, their sponsoring the shows. You can uh, check out their stuff at the various uh, description uh, links in the description and, and the closing credits. And, of course, if you want to take advantage of that offer or you want the contact details for Darren, get in touch with myself or Andy or get it from the closing credits. Take advantage of that offer because, uh, like I said, in today's current climate, insurance and, and cover is vital, mate, isn't it? Oh, massive. You know what I mean? It's, it's peace of mind. That's what it is. It's peace of mind. And 
don't have any regrets. That's one thing I probably would say. Yeah, and I will say just very quickly is um, we could get any like a sponsor for the show. I could get a sponsor from Blue Chew, which is um, for erectile dysfunction, and I wouldn't have no problem, uh, you know, them being a sponsor or anything like that. But like, I would rather partner up with brands who I know personally, or we've like got a personal connection with, or they're really at the tip top of their field and bespoke financial is you know award winning for their customer service and um and you use them you've used them for years so i've got no problem uh you know telling people go and check these guys out because i know that it will benefit the people who watch our shows basically um garing says and what a way to finish he says you've got to get into a studio lads and uh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. We're just uh, we're just waiting for the right opportunity to come along. Yep. As soon as it does, we'll be there. And um, as soon as Andy's in Cardiff or I'm in Borough, we'll film at least one live episode. We might even record one in a studio while we're there as well. Um, Leslie says, just to finish us off, he says, if you've got a bet on Andy, because you keep looking at your phone. <laughs> no, don't. No, I've, no, I didn't even. He's know not looking at his on. phone. He's looking at his daughter and thinking. Yeah, that's God. what I'm doing. Make sure she's all right. Don't don't <laughs> fall asleep. I, don't wake up, brother. Yeah. Um, look, guys, thanks for everyone getting involved, asking questions. We love it. Love doing these shows. That's why we brought the second show in. And um, you know, even though the Friday show is not as busy as the Monday one, we love it, mate. That's why yeah. we do it. That's why we added it. Friday's always going to be a bit um, a bit dip, more different because people have got other stuff on. It's the end of the week. Um, and I know a lot of people watch and listen afterwards. But we enjoy interacting with the people who come in and watch on a Friday as well. So it's phenomenal, as they say. But uh, we'll be back Monday. It's the next live show, 7.30, for the Andy Campbell Football Show with ex-Sunderland, York and Cardiff City defender Darren Williams. And uh, you're going to have a a preview, a prelude to that show by watching Mental Health in Sport 8pm Sunday on Facebook and YouTube uh, with Darren Williams, uh, with myself and Jacob talking all things Mental Health and Sport. Um, and we got some big, big guests coming on that show in the, the coming weeks. So uh, keep an eye on that as well. In the meantime, we'll uh, see you the next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Do just what you want.
Social Podcast Network.